0: Welcome to the St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the 11th week of Ordinary Time. Welcome, Your Excellency.
1: Thank you very much. How exciting to be talking with you today.
0: Well, this is an exciting week for you. Starting tomorrow afternoon, you'll be meeting with fellow bishops from across the country.
1: That's right. Um, We were supposed to meet in Denver, but uh, like much of the world, we're meeting um, through Zoom and they've done a lot of work to prepare for that. And so uh, um, we'll be meeting through Zoom. It's an efficient way of getting things done and there's a little bit of a relief in not having to travel. But I have to tell you something. This is going to be our third such meeting and there's a sense of loss. They're not seeing one another. And so it's exciting that things are starting to return, but we're not there yet. And uh, there, there, there is something about human interaction, being together, uh, encouraging each other. There are the meetings themselves. You can be pretty efficient by Zoom and get the meetings done. But there's something else that happens, you know, when we're talking to one another, uh, praying together, being at Mass together and praying together. Um the side conversations where on the one hand, it helps us to go deeper into the work that we're doing at the meeting, but also kind of encourage and maybe give each other ideas for what's, what we are carrying back at home so that we can support each other. So there is a loss, um, but uh, I do look forward to our discussions and I have a couple of bishops who are staying With me here figuring that, well, if we are going to be, if the time is already dedicated and we're going to be on the computer, we may as well be on the computer together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What an inspired idea that is. Uh, I'm sure that gives you a lot of support and uh, a lot of camaraderie and, like you said, some prayer time together.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So we're looking forward to that as well. So um, it's it's a... Pretty important agenda. It's not packed, you know. Usually, the November meeting is the very heavy business meeting. The June meeting is a little more reflective. This year, it's going to be business because that's what you do on Zoom. But on the (laughs) other, (laughs) but on the other hand, um, you know, we we don't have all the business material that we would normally do. You know, like elections to committees and. and um some of the other housework um that we would normally do approval of budget those things but um we we do have some important topics to discuss um one we some things we're going to be talking about a letter on marriage and um and and that's exciting uh one of the things that's gathering a lot of um Attention, but is really miscommunicated is the letter on the Eucharist um, basically it 's become very, very political, and that 's not what the point of the letter is um, obviously i I, I would yeah, we generally have a time where we talk about the um, p- political situation in the United States some of and, and around the world, so we we deal with. The issues of the day, and th- that that will come up in its appropriate places. But this letter on the Eucharist is not a specific letter about the President of the United States or about any other politician. Um, it does There's a po- point in it about Eucharistic consistency, but this it goes back—on the one hand, it's an old discussion. On the other hand, it's the beginning of something. So, th- The old discussion, this goes back to about 2019, you may remember that Pew study research report that indicated large, large numbers of mass-going Catholics do not necessarily believe, or at least profess belief, in the real presence of of Jesus in the Eucharist. Now, I don't know how the questions were asked. I mean, you know, there may be nuances and all that, but bottom line is we see that as a crisis of faith and something that we have to take seriously as bishops. And so we've all been trying to address that in our diocese, but together we're working on some kind of Eucharistic revival. You add to that last year's experience of the pandemic and the fact that we had to shut down for, um, a couple of months, um, and you say, "Wow, that need for Eucharistic revival becomes even more pointed. It's, it's a greater need, and um, and so that's where this letter comes out of. And one of the steps is is a letter, actually. I should say the work comes out of that. And one step is the letter. So what we have on the agenda is really a discussion that the doctrine committee is being commissioned to draft something for us and it's meant to be a three-part letter and it would be called the mystery of the eucharist in the life of the church why it matters and so the, in terms of a letter this is just giving the green light to the outline that they propose and um and to go ahead and do it and so basically it's this it's three parts the eucharist mystery to be believed. Secondly, the Eucharist, a mystery to be celebrated. Thirdly, the Eucharist, a mystery to be lived. And so um, the political question does come up in that um, third part about the the Eucharist, a mystery to be lived, so that our lives are transformed by the Eucharist, but also what's been called Eucharistic consistency, um, and that deals with the nature of um, our, our communion, Eucharistic communion and the problem of serious sin. And then the third part is missionary discipleship. So it's part of it, but the real impetus is about our approach to Jesus Christ being present to us in the mystery of the Eucharist, We deal with things like real presence, his healing, the sacrifice of the mass. We deal with unity, beauty, identity in terms of the celebration. Um, And and the Eucharist is very much the heart of who we are and what we believe. Uh, it, It nourishes us along the way, but it expresses who we are and leads us to the eternal banquet of heaven.
0: This is Bishop Robert J. Brennan uh, speaking about the USCCB meeting that will start tomorrow afternoon and the letter on the Eucharist. Uh, Bishop Brennan, I know that uh, you have such a deep devotion to our Lord and the Eucharist. Uh, For those listeners that are, for the first time, considering the real presence of Jesus Christ, how would you explain uh, Christ's presence in the the body and blood of uh, Jesus in bread and wine?
1: I had a friend, he since went home to the Lord, but he, he he told me, he's a priest, he said, one of the best explanations, he said, came from a third grader. And he pointed to the cross, and he said, he to a crucifix, and he said, that looks like Jesus, but it's not. And then he said, and the Eucharist doesn't look like Jesus, but it is. Mm. And I thought to myself, there you go. It's really and truly Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose from the dead. It's the, it's the real presence of the crucified and risen Lord who who on the night before he died gave this gift to his disciples and then renewed it after the resurrection. Remember the road to Emmaus. They recognized him in the breaking of the bread. Um, so that from the very, very earliest days... Of the church, it gathered around the Lord to keep Jesus's commandments, and you know, um, and so he he gave us the apostles this gift. This is my body. This is my blood. When, and, and then in John six, he talks about my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. And if you do not eat this bread and do not drink this blood, you have no life within you. So Jesus was pretty clear and pretty strong, even when the crowds were starting to say, this is you know, a little too much. You know, maybe, you know. If there was a time that Jesus was going to back off, that would have been it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That would have been the moment. He would have said, wait, wait, you misunderstand me. I'm, I'm kind of speaking in symbolic terms. But not only did he not back off, he went deeper. And and so he he's pretty firm. This is my body and this is my blood. And what we always believe is that God's word does things so it's it's if Jesus says it it happens and he turns that bread and wine into the very real presence he is really present now you know it doesn't change in appearance it doesn't uh, t- turn in you know like it doesn't change in in um in in its uh, properties. It still looks like, tastes like, it has all the physical properties of bread and wine, but it really and truly is Jesus Christ, not just a remembrance of him, not just a reminder, but that he is there. And that's that's why some of our work and the great practice of adoration is important because it reminds us, of the presence of Jesus so that when we approach him in Holy Communion, we remember that this isn't just another ritual, another moment along the way, but that we're actually approaching God himself, giving us his life in in Holy Communion. Um, And so adoration helps to draw us in, gives us that sense of longing um, it's the reception of Jesus in Holy Communion that changes everything.
0: Uh, Bishop Brennan, uh, you have uh, placed at the center of the renewal effort in our diocese, the Eucharist. Uh, starting last summer, uh, you gathered together leaders of the Catholic community, lay as well as uh, from the parishes, to talk about evangelization and to share that message of the Eucharist and the centrality of Jesus Christ in our day-to-day uh, interactions, both in in uh, the Word, but also in the Eucharist, in the sacraments. Um, that work has uh, completed. At least those reports have been submitted as of a couple of weeks ago.
1: That's correct. And we had a celebration last week. Um, I had a chance to thank all the members of the different subcommittees on evangelization. We gathered uh, for the Eucharist and then uh, shared dinner together. Um, wow, what a, you know? Isn't it great that? Uh, this is the work of the Holy spirit that all these things are coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, our national work on the revival of the Eucharist, um, and then our real presence, real future campaign. And then, and part of that actually really the groundwork for it is, is the work that we've been doing on evangelization. And I thank father Adam Streitenberger for his leadership in that. And all you, you, you you at st Gabriel radio and all those who, who were part of it um, it was a it the reports are exciting and it gives us some real recommendations um, some of them are things we should be doing immediately some of them are things that we roll out over time um, you know and just at the heart of it all is the Eucharist so we look forward to our day our gathering in August the end of August Um for a two-day celebration of what the Eucharist means in our life here in Central Ohio. Um, so that's August 27th and August 28th, and you'll be hearing more about that on St. Gabriel Radio. But in the meantime, um, yes, we looked at various different ways. So there was actually a focus on parishes and on the celebration of the Eucharist and on the call to the Eucharist. Another committee spoke about our schools um, and how our schools become centers of evangelization, and how really the people who staff our schools, the faculty, the staff, the administration of all missionaries um, that who who proclaim the, the the real presence of Christ among us, especially in the Eucharist um, we want all of our people, all of our students, even the non-Catholics. We're not trying to proselytize, but we do want to evangelize. We want all of our people to understand what we believe about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, what we believe, why we what we do, and why we do what we do. And we hope that they will encounter the love of Jesus Christ through that experience, everybody, Catholic and non-Catholic. Um, one of the big things has been evangelization on our college campuses. We have 25 college campuses in the diocese. Um, and, you know, the big one, of course, is Ohio State. But um, th- there are a number of colleges, and we, we want to be able to use our campus ministry effectively. Many of them are tied into local parishes. The campus ministry is done by the local parish um, but how do our how do we evangelize a, a, a group of a very important group? So um, think of, for example, some of the kids who've gone to our Catholic high schools who who are used to a Catholic environment. Now they go to a very very different environment. You need something familiar and also something that can sustain you in your faith. The world wants to make us feel like we're isolated in what we believe, and that's why we need. To find other people who share that faith, so that we can nourish it, and then also that we can bring it to others and um, and so look we we will do some work with campus ministry um, we have let's see is there one on the missionary movements we have a number of missionary movements I'm just trying to yeah, remember yeah
0: the uh, the the center for evangelization. Uh, we also no, have- yeah,
1: that's right. Soft entry evangelization. How we can Im- invite people just to take a look at what we believe, not not, uh, j- or or find people who have that an intellectual curiosity who just want to go more deeply into the meaning of life. And yes, so soft entry evangelization.
0: And then social and digital communications.
1: I knew I was missing something. Yes, and there's another place where we've started some of our work, but we want to be able to continue to grow there. That's right. So we'll be looking at our website, um, continue our work with Facebook. We've had a few Facebook Live, um, and, and and tying in both the old and the new media, because there's a great complementarity, and 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 so so and use all of this to engage certainly to engage a new generation, but to engage all peoples.
0: Uh, Bishop Brennan, um, we will end with a prayer, but before we end with your prayer and blessing, what can we pray for for you as you start this UC- USCCB meeting tomorrow afternoon with your fellow bishops?
1: Well, continue to pray for wisdom and courage, and actually pray for all those seven gifts of the Holy Spirit um ask the lord to give us the grace to listen to one another and then to hear his presence in that um ask for the grace to be faithful to his his teaching um those those are the prayers that i have um and 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 again that we might i, I always go back to that we might live the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth.
0: Mm. We will be praying for you and your fellow bishops as you meet tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Bishop uh, uh, Bishop Brennan, could you please close us with a prayer and a blessing?
1: And I'd close with the prayer for guidance, the prayer, our prayer for the Real Presence, Real Future Initiative. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Merciful Father, you are the source of all goodness and blessing. You have formed us into your image and breathed your spirit in us to give us life. When we were lost through sin, you sought us out by sending us your Son, Jesus Christ. It is through the gospel that we have hope in our redemption and fervor to share this message of salvation. We, your sons and daughters, come before you with hearts full of gratitude for the work of those who came before us, establishing parishes, schools, and apostolates and ministries to serve the gospel. Today we look for the signs of the times as we fix our gaze on the real presence of your Son, Jesus Christ, in the Eucharist, asking for wisdom and understanding as we seek to renew these places and apostolates as centers of formation and evangelization for the third millennium. Guide us from our familiar surroundings to the exciting horizons of missionary discipleship through personal prayer and the grace of the sacraments. Grant enthusiasm for the faith to all. Confirm families in your love, raise up vocations to holy orders and religious life, and call back those who have strayed from you. We ask you this to Our Lady, star of the new evangelization, who is our intercessor and mother and St. Joseph, our protector, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank and you now, so much, Bishop Brennan. I'm thank sorry. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, everybody.
0: Good. We'll be praying for
1: you, and uh, as you go through this
0: USCCB meeting, uh, know that we uh, will be thinking about um, how we can renew our faith in our homes, in our parishes, and the entire diocese. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.